1: and the rise of Canada. It's a book depicting a different Canada than today. In the late 19th century, demand for fur was in sharp decline. This could have spelled economic disaster for the Hudson's Bay Company. But an idea emerged in political and business circles in Ottawa and Montreal to connect the disparate British colonies into a single entity that would stretch from the Atlantic to the Pacific. With over 3,000 kilometers of track, much of it driven through uh, wildly inhospitable terrain, the Canadian Pacific Railway would be the longest railway in the world and the most difficult to build. Its construction was the defining event of its era and an engineering triumph that created Canada, many have argued. The times were marked by greed, Hubris as well, blatant empire-building, oppression, corruption, and theft as well. They were good for some, hard for most, disastrous for others. The CPR enabled a new country, but it did, did come with it at a, at a terrible price. Author Stephen Bowne joins us now. Stephen, thank you for speaking to us today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Uh, your book, um, the, the Dominion, The Railway and the Rise of Canada, what motivated you uh, to, to pursue this topic? Oh,
0: I mean, the CPR is, is just um, the epic story of its creation. It's one of those great Canadian myths. It's right up there with the Hudson's Bay Company, which, you know, was the topic of my previous book, you know, just called The Company. And when that book ended, I knew the story didn't end, but I wanted to continue telling it. And, you know, this it hasn't actually been retold in half a century. And yet... You know, it's the single most important piece of civic infrastructure in Canada's history that has enabled us to exist independently of the United States. I think it's perfectly uh, reasonable to say that without the CPR, there would be no country of Canada. And, um, you know, so the opportunity to tackle that after nearly half a century of new information and new perspectives in society in an effort to bring in some different and uh,
1: new voices and perspectives on it was, uh,
0: well that's was just an obvious next choice for me
1: to. how would you describe Canada prior to the CPR uh, in regards to the CPR being built and it certainly has connected Canada as you've said what was the state of Canada uh, prior to that
0: oh yeah I mean Canada it sounds so it sounds so grand and yet the, you know the the confederation eighteen sixty seven was some Atlantic colonies there's you know the provinces of Quebec and Ontario y- you know most of Ontario was just Illiterate rural peasants digging in the in the gravel, like uh, subsistence agriculture. A lot of Quebec was like that too. Montreal was the only real significant city. The Atlantic provinces were a little more prosperous, and um, Ottawa was just a boom boomtown, mud streets, shanty towns, uh, filth, mud, leaking sewer pipes, endless construction of parliament buildings. And in this in this world, there was John A. Macdonald. You know the controversial uh, John A you know, whatever else you can say about him, his grand idea, his grand ambition, his swollen ego wanted to create a country equivalent to the United States, a northern United States that extended all the way to the Pacific Ocean. He disliked Americans. He disliked um, the idea of American expansion taking over most of, you know, North America. And he just would do almost anything to avoid that outcome. So he looked at the Hudson's Bay Company lands. He wanted to get a hold of them to the extent that they really owned them. Mm-hmm. And he looked at the colony of British Columbia out on the coast, and he sent delegates out there and promised them that if they joined with his Canada in the east, that he would build them a giant railroad all the way across the continent. And, of course, he had no idea what he was promising. No one had ever built anything that technically sophisticated uh, ever before. And at that time, Victoria mm-hmm. and you know all of its commerce was with um was with San Francisco. Most of the miners that had formed up the Fraser River were Americans. they were all a lot of them were all from San Francisco too. so all the travel if you wanted to leave Victoria and go anywhere. you took a steamship to San Francisco and then rode an American railroad in in a colony of you know British Columbia. They used American stamps so the probability of it joining the U.S. was very high, and it was only the inducement to have a railway constructed out to the coast that actually persuaded them to join into this undertaking. And now they had no idea that it was going to take 20 years, but, but I mean,
1: that's, that's the story. Um, so in this case, as you say, uh, Sir John A., uh, you know, feared a, a American uh, encroachment, but certainly was impressed by sort of the their growth and expansion of, of the United States. Uh, one would argue this is a triumph of politics and imagination um, and engineering, but I, I guess there's probably a lot of uh, tragedy as well. I mean, just building a physical infrastructure like this at that time, and they certainly didn't you know, appreciate probably the environment as much as we do today. I mean, that's part of the story too, isn't it? It isn't just about imagination and the grit of building this. There are some negatives as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what
0: I really wanted to bring anew to this story. Um, the, you know, Pierre Burton's famous books, you know, the first one came out in, in 1970. You know, really talk about the, the celebratory aspects of it. Yay, rah, rah, uh, the ca- great Canadian dream. We're going to have this awesome railroad. And, and it was all like a story of, of triumph over adversity and creation of the nation. And, I, you know, I don't want to say that that's not All of that is true. It was, as you said, a triumph of engineering, political uh, vision, um, creative financing, um, the labor that went into it. A lot of people took a great deal of pride in their work and their contributions. But there's a dark side, too. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the exploitation of certain worker groups, such as the Chinese laborers. Um, You know, I call them... Temporary foreign workers of their era were brought in to British Columbia to build the most treacherous, dangerous sections along the Fraser River Canyon, um, sort of, a, you know, east, east and north of Vancouver. And, well, I mean, over 600 of those people died building that one stretch of the railway. With all the cliffs and the tunnels and the dynamite blasting it just took a terrible toll of life on these people who already were being paid a third less than other workers. Um, some of the other stories that I like to bring in are just a bit more on the resistance of the indigenous peoples, multiple indigenous peoples, to the idea of roads and railways just being hammered through their their territory. Because you know the, the increased number of people that came along with the, with these roads and railways that were brought diseases further inland and. Tens of thousands of these people were dying of tuberculosis and smallpox, diseases to which they didn't have um, immunity to in the same way. And it was a horrible situation for those people. And the railways in the U.S., which were just preceding our railway by a decade, let's say, Brought so many people out into the American prairies just south of the Canadian prairies that were hunting buffalo to extinction. Mm-hmm. Their hides were being used for machine belts in the Industrial Revolution in, in the East. But now, that that all the millions of bison that were there, I mean, that was the primary food source for indigenous peoples from Texas all the way up to northern Canada's northern prairies. Um, <clears throat> when those buffaloes disappeared, that caused mass starvation of thousands of people we don 't know very much about that time. we all know we 've all probably heard of the great Irish potato famine, but uh, you know what I choose to call the the great Canadian Buffalo famine was every bit as devastating and horrifying to the peoples who experienced it as the potato famine. Um, so that you know a few things like that I'd like to insert that into the story so that we have a greater appreciation and a greater understanding of the forces that were at play at this very turbulent time in Canada's history, just when the nation was just
1: raw and being formed and Joining us, we are speaking to Stephen Bowne. He's the author of Dominion, The Railway Railway and the Rise of Canada. Uh, Now, Stephen, um, you were mentioning uh, British Columbia at the time and its relationship with the United States. Um, Now, once the the CPR was built, immigration flooded to the West and economic conditions improved and there was greater manufacturing as well. But if the CPR hadn't been built, do you think there's a good chance British Columbia would have joined the United States? I I think it's... Almost guaranteed that it would have i mean there was a lot
0: of uh, a lot of voices were in favor of that I mean in eighteen sixty seven the Americans had purchased um, Alaska from the Russia, so at that time, what was you know the British colony was hemmed in by Alaska to the north, Washington State and the other areas of the u s to the south, and you know five waves of nearly impenetrable mountain ranges to the east. Mm-hmm. Um, it was seen in, almost inevitable that it would have agreed to to join with the only other uh, economic power that existed, which was more or less in California at that time. And then there was a, I mean, there was always voices in favor of joining Canada and oddly enough, I mean, there was a fellow, you know, Miss Mifflin with, uh, with, with Star Gibbs, who was a, a black business leader who brought five to 600 pioneers up from California who were, disenfranchised with the loss of their rights under some laws being passed in California. He settled them all in the vicinity of Victoria. Mm-hmm. He's not a very well-known fellow, but he was a member of the Confederation League um, arguing, arguing in favor of, of British Columbia joining with Canada rather than the United States. So There's interesting little stories and interesting little um, ironies that can come into
1: play here. Uh, My final question to you, um, we have had and continue to have polarized conversation debate around infrastructure projects. Today, we debate um, the Trans Mountain Pipeline, which moves oil, where there's debate over a natural gas pipeline that would move natural gas from um, the, the, from one side of British Columbia to the West Coast, which would be turned into liquefied natural gas. We have other uh, conversations around physical infrastructure. And this is a broader conversation around climate change as well, so it's a little different. Um, but it still takes a lot to get big infrastructure projects built. Um, what lessons do you think those that built the CPR whether it's an engineering issue, whether it's a political issue, whether it's an issue of imagination, what lessons should be learned, can be learned from the era of building the CPR for today's political leaders and today's public? Oh, I think I think the word caution comes to mind when
0: you say that. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. Un, caution and unintended consequences. And as we've seen with what is the trends, Mountain Pipeline, the cost overruns. Yes. I mean, mean, the the cost of building the CPR nearly bankrupted, well, the the entire nation of Canada, all the finances, the entire thing was about to entirely collapse, causing a mass economic implosion. The debt and the inability that workers weren't even being paid at the end, and the track wasn't even completed until the Real Rebellion gave a political cover to give it a little bit more money and a little bit more debt. That same thing can happen with infrastructures now. Unforeseen problems and opposition. Not everyone is in favor of these things even. Mm -hmm. I mean, the benefits of having the CPR as a country became evident decades afterwards. But I don't think at the time everyone would have even agreed that it was a good thing. So, in fact, there was opposition. There was arguments in Ottawa in the politics of whether we want this thing, whether we don't want this thing. I mean, it was not a slam dunk that everyone was in favor. It was not a big cheering squad demanding that we build this railway. Some didn't want to do it. But at at the end of the day, though, I mean, it is true that the railway created Canada. And so, you know, if you think that Canada has any benefit to it with our reasonably peaceful, reasonably prosperous existence and our ability of our institutions to navigate, you know, peaceful change over time. Um, then the railway did help create that. I mean, Americans, you know, we're coming to an understanding of just how conflicted our own history was around this time and how everything was not so hunky dory Mm -hmm. and happy as everyone said, but even acknowledging the darker side of the story, which I most definitely want to do, um, the American history in those western U.S. states at that time was was far worse for almost everyone, at least in the short term. So, uh, you know, it's one of these topics you could debate this way, debate that way, examine all the pros and cons. And it's impossible to predict the future, really, isn't it? Like, you know, for infrastructure projects of that nature, which I don't even think could be really... Built anymore is something as big as that. Although these ones that you mentioned are are pretty close,
1: they are. But the story is (laughs) is profound and amazing in regards to the the audacity of the vision. And of course, there's a lot of negatives along the way. But there's no doubt it opened up uh, a lot uh, a lot of the country. It built this country. It it helped bind this country. Uh, The 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 story itself is a profound one. This book is called Dominion, the Railway and the Rise of Canada by Stephen. Bound. Stephen, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been my pleasure talking.